Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Pemberley Podcast. So how are you doing, Jillian? I'm doing very well. I haven't seen you. So we, like, in addition to recording the podcast, guys, we just, like, hang out every week. Yeah. And we tried something new this week. (laughs) We, well, like, it wasn't a new thing, but, like, it's new for our usual Wednesday night hangouts. We saw How to Train Your Dragon, the the lost or the missing or the mystical magical dragon world or whatever it's called. It's um, one of those It's things. one of those. It's the third How to Train Your Dragon movie. It's the third movie. and final. Third and, do you really believe it's the final? I hope so. I hope that, I mean. I, I feel like they're gonna, because it takes like five years to get these movies out. I feel like the next yeah. one's gonna be about like their kids, you know? That's true. Because America Ferreira is the voice of Astrid mm-hmm. and she was posting on Instagram how, like, oh, this has been, like, a 12-year-long journey for her, of like, from when she first started working on these movies to, like, now. Wow. And it is, like, it seems, like, very final for her to, like, be saying goodbye to this character, but they could easily... It's a franchise. Yeah, they real. could easily revive it in some way, because they do leave it kind of, not to give away spoilers, they do leave it a little open-ended at the end. Like, it didn't like, feel done to me. No, it wasn't like, a, this like, is felt the like, end of the dragons. It was it not felt, like... Well, I mean, it's funny, because, I mean, like, I... I've seen the first one. Uh-huh. I've read the Wikipedia page for the second one. I also haven't seen the second one. <laughs> and and we've now seen the third one. And they're all, like, I don't want to take any of the magic out, but they're all kind of the same movie where it's oh, like, okay. oh, here we are. What's our conflict? Right. Uh, oh, I know. There's a secret dragon world, and that's, like, somehow involved yeah. in the, and there's a monster type person character. But it's really nice, and it was funny, and there's a lot of good jokes in there. Mm-hmm. Nice, a nice message. Very nice message it was like i felt like just watching it i like because you know how you can feel yourself like learning a lesson as you're oh, watching yeah, the movie. You're like, and this is the moral of the story i know and i'm like <laughs> what an excellent quality family film yeah definitely it made me be like oh i wish i had kids to show this and be like you see this is the lessons that you learn and kids are like what they were dragons yeah <laughs> and they're like yeah yeah dragons are cool i get that yeah with that, let's go into the books that we're currently reading. Talk about your book first, yeah, Yolanda. Yeah, i start with my book. I've started listening to the audiobook for Michelle Obama's Becoming. Mm. And it's just talking about basically like her life growing up on the south side of Chicago to then being the first lady and all the dynamics that go into that. It's uh, an interesting journey that she's been on and it's sort of like her side of the story too. And she's someone who was very, very much so in the public eye. So now we get to see kind of more of her story. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it because it's like her voice talking to you, telling her her story. And it's really nice. That is nice. I'm going to read that soon. So recommend you check that out. If you can get the audiobook, get that. I was on the library waiting list for a while. (laughs) 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 So be prepared for that if you want to get it check it out well i am reading a book that is very different from yours Mm -hmm. uh it is a romance novel. it's a historical romance novel called it's getting scott in here it's great it's it's, i mean the time i don't know if you want to describe the cover i will describe the cover i also post uh, a link to it post the picture of it it's a wonderful cover it's getting scott in here the wild wicked highlanders series it's the first book in this new series written by suzanne enoch and I'm looking at a studly, shirtless man with very big muscles 
wearing a kilt and there is a young lady in a pretty blue dress, like pulling on like his sash or whatever. And they're looking very deeply into each other's eyes. And there's like a gazebo in the background. (laughs) And so that's the cover. And it's basically, I'm like, I need to read faster. on. It's like very, I I don't mean to like get a qualifier for why it's taking me so long to get through this book because I really enjoy it. It's just the font is very small. And it's like, I have to force the book open because they printed it very close to the spine. Ah, okay. And, um, but it's very good. It's basically like these three Scottish brothers, which I assume are the other romances are going to be around in the next series or like in the next books. Essentially, they're like growing up in Scotland and their father is like a laird or whatever whatever he's a he's got a title it's cool their mother was english and she like came out here had her three boys and then she had a girl and she was like yay i've got a daughter i hate scotland and i'm going back to england where i can like be with civilized people again yeah and like she had all the money so she's been like sending money to like support them and now she's like so the rule is the guys have to get married before their little sister and if they don't you guys lose all the money. Whoa. And so they, and they, and one of their brides has to be like English or they have to marry English brides and I have to pick one of them. And so now they've, they've journeyed from Scotland, the Highlands to London. And basically the oldest brother is engaged to this young woman who has been chosen for him by his estranged mother. And he wants nothing to do with her, but the youngest wants something to do with her. (laughs) (laughs) And romance ensues. And that's what that's about. I'm very enamored with the title. It's getting Scott in here. That's a great title. It's there's no tiptoeing around nope. what it is. And what you're gonna what you're get. gonna get into. <laughs> no tiptoeing. Nope. <laughs> Speaking of family shows, we're going right into episode 37, Cinderella in the Making, written by Tracy Bitteroff and directed by Shilby Roy. So previously, we know that Emma is in process of planning a benefit for that will be technically put on by Maddie Bates Financial or the Bates Financial Services, and it's going to be this high-profile party with high-profile guests and a great cause that they are fundraising for, and a celebrity guest, and in this beautiful venue. Except for the fact that it's a week away, a week and a half away. And they have none of that. You and I, yeah. <laughs> while we were watching this episode, were very much looking at each other like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Fire Festival. <laughs> <laughs> They're days away. And they have, like, it, it's just something else when it's days away and you have nothing. Not yeah. like we're just missing this one thing. They're missing everything. Invitations have not been sent out. Do they have the open bar, though? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably like the one thing that they can secure. Yeah. Is like, as long as they have, but they don't even have a venue. That's the yeah. thing. So it's like there's all these different pieces that Ale- even when, when uh, Emma initially brought up this idea to Nightly, he was like, so do you have this, this, this? And Emma's like, we'll take care of it. Details, details. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, those details need to get taken care of. I don't know what these rich people do then. I feel like, I don't know. You feel like you should know about these things well in advance yeah. to be able to like go to this and like have the right outfit. And, rich people's schedules are insane. Yeah, and be prepared to give a great amount of money for a cause that you're going to pretend to care about for a night. Yeah. So it's a 
thing. It's yeah. It's a performance. Yeah. She's strapped in yeah. that regard. Yeah. It's very Fire Festival-esque in terms of like nothing is done and we are days away from and the she's deadline. pushing forward. Yep. And everything is just kind of a big train wreck and she just has Harriet. It's just her and Harriet. And she is trusting Harriet then to do more work, which is good for Harriet, but like this is setting her up for failure yeah. in a big way too. I feel really bad for her. Yeah. Um, she does uh, mention B-Mart though. Emma mentions that Harriet's just been staring at her desktop yeah. and she's like, she just, you know, maybe she just likes Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. She just looked Mary Poppins. Yeah. She's not thinking about the fact that B-Mart noticed that she changed her screensaver and that's why she's doing that. She's not, not just, she's not sad. She's yeah. just, uh, she loves Mary Poppins as well. She's bucking up. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's being strong. She's I mean, soldiering through it. This is not a good emotional state to be in days before planning a no. benefit either. And it sucks because their backup location is something called Cole's Ranch. Right. And they're like not calling them back. And that's a huge slap in the face that your backup doesn't want you. Yeah. So Emma's tasked Harriet with finding the venue, securing a venue and getting decor. All of their potential venue options are booked. It's 10 days away. Yeah, Who of course. Wouldn't be? I mean, you know, I guess she's hoping for like a last minute cancellation. That totally is possible, but not this close to the actual event. So they're, yeah, they're back up, back up. Cole's Ranch, where she's like, they've wanted us. They've always wanted us to have an event there. Are not getting back to them because she had also pulled out Annie's wedding. There. That's where Annie's wedding was supposed to be, and she just decided, never mind. Yeah. So of course they're burned too. Of like, no, like we we had everything set up. I'm sure. Yeah. And you canceled on us, so they're not getting back to her. But Emma's not panicking about it. I mean, she's like internally panicking, but outwardly not externally panicking. She is just like pretending to be confident and be like, no, everything's under control. Nicole's Ranch will get back to us. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. Maddie comes back. Maddie. Yay. And she reveals some very interesting news because she basically comes in to talk. Like, I'm kind of confused as to why she came in because it just seems like yeah. she came in to talk about how excited she was about the party, which I'm also excited about this party for you. Right. I guess off screen, she maybe just dropped off more preserves for Nightly. Perhaps. (laughs) She was like, I came up with five more new interesting flavors. Oh, that's right. Because she's got that line of like, I won't know what to do with so much attention. I feel like Cinderella. (laughs) Oh, I guess that makes me your fairy godmother. Oh, that must make Mr. Nightly my prince charming. (laughs) Let's not get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) She's like, all right, too far. (laughs) Too far. Not real. Not happening. The interesting news that Maddie gives us is that Jane will be in attendance of this benefit. Right. Which, I mean, like, you and I were like, wait, why is she, like, pushing for the benefit to happen, like, then? Like, why? And it's to beat Jane Fairfax to the punch so this can happen before she arrives in the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah. And that is not happening because her work ended early and she's coming here. Yeah. We find out, I guess, through Maddie that she that Jane is aware of this event mm-hmm. because Jane offered to pull out feelers for uh, celebrity guests and because mm-hmm. Jane is so well-connected and all these things and blah, blah, blah. But it turns out that Jane will be there in person, which is... Exciting for Maddie because it's like these two important young women in her life are going to be in the same room on this very important night for her. So she's excited. She's going to feel so supported. But to Emma, it's like, no, this is what I was trying to avoid. I think she wants Jane to just hear about how great the event was. She doesn't want Jane involved at all. 
That's why she very quickly denies that help because she doesn't want this to be a joint effort of Emma Woodhouse and Jane Fairfax put on this great benefit. You know, the field that Jane excels in of like fundraising and nonprofit work. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure connecting celebrities with those nonprofits. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people, Jane has a nonprofit, I think. She she kind of mentioned that, right? So it's like, this could be Jane's nonprofit, but no. Emma's like, I've got this. I'm going to fire a festival this yep. so hard. <laughs> but I'm gonna, But instead of failing like those idiots, yeah. I'm going to succeed. Yeah. <laughs> the fire festival wasn't even a thing when this came no, out. No, no, no. <laughs> she was the OG fire festival. Yes. So no, this event is made to exclusively upstage Jane Fairfax. Yep. And that is the current goal. Yeah. I do like that Emma is still building up Maddie's confidence because- Maddie's suddenly realizing, oh, I'm going to be in this room of, like, all these highfalutin people. And Emma has that great line of telling Maddie, just be yourself. Remember, they have never been in a room with Maddie Bates before. Amen. I will remember that. And that makes uh, Maddie feel really great, too, because she's like, you're right, you know? And she has just as much right to be in that room as they do. So Mm -hmm. as much as... Emma's kind of scattered with everything. She really does know how to make her clients feel so special, even when there's so much going on. She gives good pep talks. Oh yeah, definitely. She even gave pretty good pep talks to Harriet when she was when her heart was like shattering slowly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with that, then let's get into episode thirty-eight. Surprise, surprise. Written by Tracy Bitteroff, directed by Shelby Roy. Emma has resorted to checking Knightley's elementary school yearbook. For maybe any high-profile names that might be in there. I think it's probably more like she heard the CEO's name and was like, oh, I wonder if there's any connection there. And she found out that they played Little League together yeah. in, like, fifth grade. And she's like, give him a call! Yeah. And I was, like, quite impressed that she's like, hey, like, blah, 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 like his name. And I was like, geez, like, if you gave me any name from my childhood, it would take me about five minutes to go back and you'd have to show me a picture of them. And you'd have to tell me what my relationship with them was in order for me to like remember any of it. I think that's why she quickly provided so many details. She was like, fifth grade, little league, this person. And he was like, I haven't talked to them probably since fifth grade, but mm. uh, sure. Yeah. I also really love, we, we got a taste of one of the things that I love about the show, which is Knightley's disapproved voice where he's like, Emma. <laughs> and we got to hear that today because yeah. he's like, so it sounds like everything sucks and you should cancel. Emma gets into an argument with him where she's like, no, you think everything sucks. Everything doesn't suck. We're not canceling. Why do you insist on canceling all the time? You just want to cancel, cancel, cancel. I get behind, cancel the party. The sun comes up, cancel the party. You are the textbook definition of a party pooper. And this time, I'm not going to listen to you. Do you ever? No. Nope. That was my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> He says that because the Nobel Prize winning potential celebrity guest found a very old whale or something was discovered. And so they have to go take care of that or (laughs) do something there. So they no longer have a celebrity guest. They still don't have a cause. They still don't have a venue. So there's a lot of things still up in the air. And now the the events like in the same week, it's it's days away at this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they've sent out invitations. They well, they can have sent out invitations because they don't have a venue. Yeah, like, what's they printed don't have time, on the invitation? Place what? Yeah, they don't have anything. Maybe she's at least told these guests like, hey, there's this really cool benefit that's coming. Save the date, kind of thing. But like, no it's like details. A, it's like a pop up benefit. Yeah, <laughs> at this point, yeah. I 
I mean, like, one of the big things here is Emma's not asking anyone for help. Like, nope. it's one thing for her to refuse help from Maddie Bates because Jane is involved, but right. she's not asking for any help. Like, she and Harriet are, like, shouldering this and soldiering on. And finally, Emma has had it, and she decides to say a desperate prayer to the lifestyle excellence gods. And her prayers are answered in the form of Frank Churchill. Frank Churchill, my goodness. New character, new boy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've heard about him. We we know his his reputation of Mm -hmm. almost ruining the Weston wedding. And he comes in asking to meet Emma Woodhouse. Mm -hmm. Then you are the person I have to thank for saving my life. I think you need to have a seat and tell me how on earth I did that. Basically, he came in person to thank her for saving his butt Mm -hmm. for not RSVPing for the wedding. Right. And she's like, oh, it was nothing. And then they're discussing stuff. And it turns out they have some things in common. Yeah. He's very charming. As he's thanking her. So charming. As he's thanking her, he like grabs her hands. He's like, really, thank you. And she's like, oh, it was nothing. And then it, it comes up that she's putting on this benefit and says it'll be put on by the Bates Financial Services and he recognizes that name. Barely. Yeah. Mm, Kinda. He's like Bates. Like Maddie Bates. Like her niece is Jane. Something something. You know, Jane. Jane something. She might live in London and I don't know her at all. And uh, she means nothing to me. And (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's so crazy about this is like, and Emma's like, oh, Jane Fairfax. And she's like grinning through her anger. Yeah. She's like, oh, great. You know Jane. So you must know her and you love her and you blah, 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 blah. And he's like, actually, I don't know her that well. I met her and she's... Pretty unremarkable. And Emma's face <laughs> she, lights up. Like, you see like, it. She doesn't want to say it, but she's like, finally, someone sees what I see. She sees right through her. <laughs> she's not that great. <laughs> and now suddenly Emma has a BFF mm-hmm. because they both are indifferent to Jane Fairfax. Or so we think. Or so we think. It's so, like, I want to take a second here to just talk about, like, Frank. Because Frank Churchill. Churchill. Like, what what is your first impression of him? Just, like, this confident, attractive man who strolls in and just immediately... He swaggers in. Yeah, he just immediately takes command of the room Mm -hmm. and meets Emma at her level. Isn't like, oh, is Emma Woodhouse around? Like, that's her (laughs) Um, thing. Excuse me, is Emma the laptop turner? Yeah. Knock, knock. Yeah, he's just like... I lower myself. Yeah. Also, I guess, so Harriet was out on an errand, so that's why he ventured alone. He ventured into the office. He could have passed by Knightley's office and just kept walking, who knows, mm-hmm. but he found Emma. I'm sure he already knew what Emma looked like. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he came into this knowing exactly who he was trying to find. That's the impression I got of him. What did you think? I mean, same. I was just like, I was like, oh, can I help you he's like got very like knight in shining armor vibes you know like he comes in he's like real like because i'm trying to think of like when we were first introduced to elton you know and it was the same kind of thing where it's like an attractive like powerful guy in a suit walked in and he just like did the thing and yeah uh, but the difference here is like 
Frank just oozes charm. Like yeah, he he, knows. he doesn't actually think he's gonna receive a no anytime soon. Yeah, ever for anything for anything. He knows like the exact right thing to say in I guess a different way than Elton because Elton is always careful to say the right thing because he's in politics because he knows like anything he says could be like taken out of context well, or whatever. He's a little stiff. Yeah, you know? so he's very careful with what he says. But Frank, on the other hand, is very Frank. Oh yeah, he's like hello. I am the best thing that's going to happen to you. Here, yeah. I'm here. I'm the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. Yeah. And uh, let's see where this goes. Yeah. And so he just comes in and he's like, he, his voice reminds me actually a lot of Barack Obama's voice. <laughs> like, I feel like he's just a walking Barack Obama impression and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, their their confidence levels match each other right now. And so that's the interesting thing about Emma and Frank. So in the book Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of drama around like ooh, frank is probably interested in emma and emma's probably interested in frank because they do like i mean like this is their first meeting but they do sort of develop a and you can see the shorthand developing like he's like i'm frank and she's like aren't you just or something like that like how freaking back and forth and like amazing is that like to have like they have very natural chemistry together Mm -hmm. do we like him as like a potential love option for her. I don't think we know him enough. No. It just seems like a good first impression. Mm-hmm. But because we don't know much about him yet, I think that's where it stands. Mm-hmm. So we need to also see how he is with Knightley. Because I think mm-hmm. that's always interesting too. When we saw like Elton and Knightley together, you kind of get more of like, what's this guy about? Because like anyone can be nice and flirty with Emma. Yeah. But like, how are they? How are you with, with a like, guy? Yeah. <laughs> kind of person are you really who's the real alpha male kind of thing they're like fighting for that and that's not a thing with emma well i think yeah that was a thing that elton was he was like trying to like almost best or beat nightly and being like i'm i'm emma's like don't look at her (laughs) so how how possessive i guess will will churchill be around when they're in the same room which i think it looks like in the uh, thumbnail preview for the next episode after this we see we're gonna see that so we're not Mm. there yet but it's interesting because basically he comes in and she's like, ooh, uh, you're perfect. Do you like charity stuff? And she's right. like, and he's like, ooh, actually, I hate charity stuff. And she's like, well, I know <laughs> you hate it, but do you want to help me? And he's like, I'm honored. I'd love to help you. I'd love to help the Bates, whoever this Jane Fairfax yeah. is. I'm fine with helping <laughs> Jane, her. Uh, what was her last name again? Fair- Fair- Fairfax? Fold, whatever. Yeah. Um, He's like, I just, I'm so good at knowing names. You know how it is. And then he's like, let's talk over coffee. And she's like, oh, there's a place. And he's like, no, no, no. I like your taste in coffee. You can tell a lot about a person by the coffee they drink. And? Bold, strong, confident. Are you talking about me or about you? Yes. Oh my gosh, Frank. I'm like, maybe it's good that Harriet wasn't there because in her emotionally vulnerable state she would have been like and he is my man he's it he's here <laughs> i love him yeah get that's kind of how they end it and he leaves and she's like thank you lifestyle excellence gods yeah this perfect solution to her major problem of not having anything planned really she has nothing and then he's like hey how about i come in and i give you everything that you need and yeah she's like okay because <laughs> like he like what's so perfect about it is he owes her one you know yeah. like it's not like she's begging for this she but has he, paid it forward 
And he is here to return the favor. Well, that was the thing. Yeah. He offered, like, if you ever need help. And she was like, oh, not right now. But actually, that you yeah. mentioned it. And she's, like, fully taking advantage of him saying that. So uh, Emma knows what she's doing. Does Churchill know what he's getting into? I don't know. But... That's where we're at right he now. He said yes. Yeah. So. So he's in it. Yep. Oh, and he doesn't know that Jane Fairfax is going to be at the benefit. Or. Or he knows. The reason he volunteered oh, his time like that. That he just showed up. That he just happens to be in LA right now. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that before <laughs> we get into comments. Because. You why know, is he in LA? Exactly. Because, well, his excuse was, I, you made, Emma you made me realize okay, that I need to make time for my family. He could have sent an email. It's or just a weird phone call. that he's like had this come to Jesus moment and he's like, I'm here to spend more time with my family because I realize that's important. Let's like he- not tiptoe around the fact that Jane Fairfax is about to be in LA. Yeah. He didn't say I'm here to visit my new sister-in-law and see my stepbrother. No. He was like, I had to come and thank Emma Woodhouse mm-hmm. who saved me and mm-hmm. and my brother's wedding. Oh, what's that? You're throwing a benefit for her, for, was it Jane? Was her it, family? Was it Maddie Was it Bates? Maddie Bates? You're huh. throwing? I know I mean, that like, name. Ugh. What's a ba- Bates Fairfax? Is it Jane? <laughs> it's like he's so good. Oh, he, he's, she's being outmaneuvered right she now. Is. She doesn't realize it. Oh, snap. He's on another level. He is. Like, she's playing checkers. He's playing chess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dang. That's right. Actually, I saw some comments like that. Like, hmm, so, like, funny how, like, he gets into town and then Jane gets into town. Yeah, very true. Whatever tabs he's keeping on Jane, he knew like her job ended early. She's coming to LA. She's coming to this benefit. And her aunt is working with the one and only Emma Woodhouse, who thankfully he has the perfect connection with to have to think in person. Well, it's weird because like I'm trying to remember in the book, like was it like they had like known each, like uh, Jane and Frank, had they like known each other for a while? Were they like secretly engaged? I can't really remember. No, I've heard there's some connection. But they're, they there. were like together. Yeah. And definitely like people were pissed. Like people were more pissed off than Emma was that Frank ended up like not proposing to Emma like that was like a thing and they were like aren't you mad and she's like weirdly I like didn't want him but I like (laughs) but I should have like I know I should have right yeah yeah that's that's where she's at not yet in the series but yeah and definitely in the book so with that let's go to the comments where we read original YouTube comments from when these episodes first aired starting with episode 37 my dear lady disdain says I guess that makes Mr. Knightley my prince charming let's not get up ahead of ourselves I see what you're doing there, Emma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I'm not claiming him, but uh, you can't, but, uh, back you off. can't claim him. <laughs> back off, even yeah. though you're not competition, back off. Yeah. <laughs> Onion Dust says, in all caps, why not bring Darcy? He's famous, he's available, I love crossovers. <gasps> that would have been a good idea. That would have been Imagine, awesome. of course, William Darcy who has his own company, who I'm sure can throw money at things. Yeah, could provide, they could have it at the Pemberley Digital Offices. Well, that would mean they have to go to San Francisco. There's rich people in San Francisco. (laughs) Yeah, but her thing is there. So Because it's supposed to benefit Maddie Bates' business. Yeah. So. I feel like he probably owns stuff in LA, you know? That would have been a cool crossover, but, but alas. did not happen. Me Who says, 
I will admit that I really liked Emma's reaction to Jane's presence, a little evil of me. <laughs> In this episode, it seems like Harriet is the one who is doing all the footwork and planning for this event. Yep. Like, Emma came up with the idea, but now that things have to be scheduled and booked, it falls onto Harriet's shoulders. I mean, calling to reserve places and stuff like that is part of her job, but at one point, Emma is like, oh, Harriet will figure it out. When I felt like Emma should be the one dealing with that problem, not Harriet. That's right. She, uh, when they thought it was going to be at Cole's ranch, she was like, oh, great, like this biology Nobel Prize winning, oh, but it's going to be at a ranch, that doesn't mix up, Harriet will figure it out, that sort of thing. A lot's falling on Harriet right now that she's not equipped to handle yet, Mm -hmm. but she's doing the best she can. She's doing her darndest. Yeah. For episode 38, K-Power says, Frank, bold, strong, confident. Oh, the swagger on this one. It reaches dangerous levels. (laughs) Bree says, squint suspiciously. I don't know why Frank Churchill squints harder, but I don't trust you. <laughs> yeah. He comes in very bold, very confident. Very strong. Yep. Like the coffee. Yeah. And Miranda Scully left a very, 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 very long comment. And so we abridged that comment. <laughs> and here it is. I love Frank. He's funny and charming and the right amount of sly. I love the fact that he jumped at the opportunity to meet Jane here. And oh God, I love this ship so much. I can't even express it. Emma was taken with him, but more is the opportunity he embodies rather than his swell body. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Good. Well done, writers. I also want to compliment the new director. I think she's doing a fantastic job. The latest episodes have all been qualitatively. I don't think that's a word. That's not a word. But... Qualitively, qualitively better. better. <laughs> it's not a word. Uh, and I especially appreciated the fact that Frank commented on the camera, took notice, and moved on. Well done, everybody. Yeah, this whole uh, new arc is being directed by Shelby Roy. So yes, we have this new character, Frank of uh, Frank Churchill. It seems like we're going to meet Jane very soon mm-hmm. because she's like almost in town already. And this benefit is going to happen Somehow, some way, a fire festival is going gonna, to happen. It's full steam ahead. Yep. <laughs> this episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved. Approved.